Well, I think two things that I hear in there, right? One is a lot of people, myself included, never grew up learning or even hearing about this, right? Right. That's number one. And the second thing is there is likely a, per a perception by lots of people, including wealthy and affluent people, that you need a billion dollars to do this. Not a chance. And so, so that's my that's my question is because you said you started in two thousand eight and it was yeah. you know whatever the premiums were that you paid on that initial policy and now you're you're you've got a much bigger aquarium and so you're funding a much bigger set of policies. That's right. Sixty one policies, I think you said. That's right. Um, so you know who's this for? And how does someone start, obviously by calling you, but in terms of, <laughs> but in terms of who's it for and, you know, how does, how does Don Cooper start with the very first day saying, Jason Lowe, I want to participate in this. Where do, what's day one? Uh, it's, uh, thank you for asking that. So first and foremost, you don't have to be rich to get into the banking business. You know, we have clients that deposit as little as $100 a month for policies on their children. And we have clients that put in uh, multi six figures per month. If you're somewhere in between those two numbers, you can do this. And the first thing that I would implore anybody to do, get your hands on a copy of R. Nelson Nash's book titled Becoming Your Own Banker. Again, that's Becoming Your Own Banker. If you just head on over to ascendantfinancial.ca forward slash shop, that's ascendantfinancial.ca forward slash shop. You can get a copy. We will courier that copy to you. It's a 92-page read. You can get it done in an afternoon, and it will open your eyes up to this entirely new financial world. And if it resonates and you're thinking, okay, I'd like for uh, Jason and his team to, to meet with me and to help me understand how this can work for me, then the next step would be to create a time I'll make sure that you're connected with the right person on my team. We'll lead you through a process of determining how this process can really work well for you, whether or not we establish a basis to work together because we were the buyer in the transaction, not the seller. And Don, you know exactly what I'm talking about. I do. There has to be a great fit there. It has to feel good for both of us, but ultimately we're the ones that are going to make the buying decision as to whether or not we have a basis to work together. Presuming that we do, then we would apply to get the first policy or the system of policies in place. But throughout that whole process, there's no, you're not binded or committed to anything at all. There's no out-of-pocket expense. It's just an investment of your time to go through the process. And if you ultimately end up getting approved for the policies, you still have the privilege of saying no thanks. Presuming that you want to implement this and we proceed to that step, then we have ongoing coaching and mentoring that is uh, simply, and I, I don't say this to brag, it, we, it is unmatched in, in the industry. We have group quarterly client coaching sessions. We have an online client access portal so that you can consume the learning, the resources, the paint by numbers on how to access a policy loan, how to track it, how to repay it, all the fundamental steps in the process we have archived in our client portal. So if you get inspired and it's Saturday at 12 midnight, you don't have to wait till Monday for our team to be available. Just hop into your client portal and away you go. And so much more in terms of the resources and the support and the service that we provide. And you get access to our entire team. And so we bring all our resources to bear. 
you know, to, uh, to make sure that you have a great experience with this. But the, the key is that this is all about becoming your own banker. Right. We're not trying to develop a tribe of dependent people. <laughs> we right, want right. you to become independent and learn how to do this process just like I did. And uh, we'll coach you on how to do it as well. And you do not have to be rich to do this. I don't care if you're making $10 an hour or $10,000 an hour. Once you see this, there's no one doing it. You have an obligation at that point to change and to do things differently that are going to be much more advantageous for your family, for your business. Um, so if you're not an, an established entrepreneur, if you're a family man or a family woman, um, this is for you. This process will work for you because you need the use of money and it has to flow. Just change the flow for heaven's sakes. Get it flowing back to you versus away. Got a thousand things going on in my head as I think about this. <laughs> the and, hamster's uh, running full tilt. <laughs> well, well, I, I'm I'm a ideation guy, so my brain never stops thinking, and I'm just you know, you know, I've got two businesses and my family and my extended family, and I've got you know, you know, some of the vehicles we own are cash, and some of them I think are financed, and I own about fifty vehicles in the companies, and. Uh, I, I've got operating lines and I've got, you know, debt in those businesses and I've got asset, you know, I've got, you know, cash value in operating accounts. Uh, there's money moving in, you know, from probably 10 different bank accounts and different uh, debt facilities and lease facilities. I'm trying but who's to got about, all the money right now? Well, every single dollar except everyone you know, else but you. Single, <laughs> my, you know, I, I always chuckle, right? You know, you know, you know who has the most cash in my house? My eight-year-old. <laughs> and, and, and the reason is, is, you know, we live in a digital world, so it's debit cards and credit cards and wire transfers and PayPals and all that stuff. I mean, you know, it's very rare for me to actually have money. Right. Um, but, you know, when I do have money, if we go out and like just last week, uh, I took a week of free days because my daughter had mm. uh, midterm break, right? So I, I just took the week off and we did family fun stuff all last week, including going to some daytime movies and brunches and going to play. And, you know, we were at West Edmonton Mall Movie Theater and then we went and played arcade games and all that stuff. And so during some of that stuff, it just makes sense to have some cash, right? So I remember a few times having, you know, taken two or $300 cash and having it in my wallet and we're using it for those fun transactions. And, um, and some of it has given my daughter some money once in a while for her to go and buy something, you know, herself. But, you know, she has become a very savvy acquirer of cash because uh, somewhere along the way, you know, a few years back when she was a little bit younger, when I was coming home and I, I emptied my pockets and there were coins, she's like, dad, can I have those? And, and we'd have all these little piggy banks for her. And over the, over the course of a little period of time, she, you know, crazily enough, she acquired several thousand dollars worth of coins. <laughs> and, and, and now today, if I have cash, she's, and if, the, if, if it's a loony or a toonie or a quarter or a dime or a nickel, she said, is that mine, dad? As long as you put it in the bank. And so she has more cash than me. Um, but, you know, the point is that, you know, when I think about my businesses and all of the cash that's always flowing, including the bank balances that are sitting, um, there's a lot flowing there. And um, my questions are like, how, how do I, you know, and, and everyone has their own circumstances, but you know, how do you 
do all of that with your businesses or what parts of that of your business can you use this for what parts can you not use it for there there's not a part that you wouldn't be able to use it for because this is all about money and the flow yeah. and and more importantly so can you use this in your operating accounts and things like oh, yeah. that where your money is coming in and out all the time oh but definitely and you know it's this, not just about access to capital for debt like buying a vehicle or making no, no, an no. investment this yeah, is this, whatever you need it for this is a cash flow management system and when you're working in business especially so give an example, um, like in our company, so we, in the low family group of companies, there are seven different businesses. Right. And we take a look each quarter as to how much operating capital do we need to make the, the businesses function. Yep. The supply source of that capital is now the insurance company's money. Right. Our, our corporate aquariums are going up every day, no matter what. And then the revenue that's produced over that quarterly time frame flows right back into our system versus flowing away. Mm -hmm. And we get to reuse capital and create velocity and momentum and volume, mm -hmm. no different than a bank does. Except that we are now all four characters in that financial play. Think about it for a second. You've got the depositor, Yep. the borrower, the banker, and the bank owner. For all of your viewers and listeners, and perhaps even yourself included, you're only the depositor and the borrower. So you're only two of the financial characters in the play. But yep. when you become the banker by having this dividend paying participating whole life insurance policy or a system of policies, you control access to the money pool. Mm -hmm. And when you become the bank owner, you receive a divisible share of the surplus generated by the company that you co-own. Now, which character in the play do you think is the one who makes the most money? Well, we all know that answer. <laughs> right? So you got to become all, all, all you've got to all you have to do to know the answer to that is to listen to quarterly earnings reports of any bank even in the middle of the pandemic. Yep. They were making boatloads of cash. You got it. And right? you know, my heart goes the Banking out. industry did not have a lockdown. <laughs> hey, isn't it? So isn't it interesting that in the lowest interest rate environment that we've been in for years, since interest rates have been measured, that banks are making record profits. Mm -hmm. And the reason is that it's not about the rate, Don. It's about the volume. Yeah. Because there's borrowers lining up from here to the Edmonton International Airport to borrow and yeah. banks cannot lend money unless they have depositors who exactly. leave money at the bank. Yeah. So think about this. It's a process. It's not a product. Everybody banks. You just got to take control of that function as it relates to your needs. I'll share this with you. This will get your listeners uh, really get their imaginations working on, okay, maybe this could work for me. And uh, I'm quite curious to, to see how that could be. When I moved back to uh, Leduc, Alberta, just south of Edmonton, in April of 2008, you could still get 40-year amortizations on a mortgage at that time. So my wife, Rebecca, and I, we moved into a home, and we took a 40-year amortization. This was before I was introduced to this process in July of that same year. 
And so I thought, man, I got a great rate. It was like 2.6%. It was phenomenal. And I'm thinking, all right, I got a great rate. I got a low payment. This is fantastic. I knew that I wanted to get rid of the bank sooner. I just didn't know how. But instinctively, intuitively, I was financially motivated to get rid of the bank sooner. So in July of that same year, when I was introduced to this process of becoming your own banker, the infinite banking concept, and Rebecca and I began to implement it in our lives, the beginning was putting money into policies in the form of premium. That's the only ticket to entry. You can't become a co-owner of this life insurance company unless you are a policy owner. That's the only ticket to entry. So we're putting premiums in, our aquarium's filling up. One time per year, we look inside the aquarium and go, hey, how much is piled up in there? Then we go to the insurance company, access policy loans, take the insurance company's money down to the bank and apply that directly to the principal balance of the mortgage but we're still making the same mortgage payment every month, except every mortgage payment is becoming more financially valuable to Rebecca and I, because more of that payment's going toward principal. It took us seven years to wave bye-bye to the commercial bank or the snakes and dragons, as uh, R. Nelson Nash used to say, God, God rest his soul. I miss him and think about him every single day. And I called him. He was the first person I called. And I said, Nelson, we got rid of the bank. And he said, not so fast, son. Pump the brakes. You committed to making a payment to someone else's bank for 40 years, didn't you? Well, you're going to follow through on that commitment. You're just going to change the process of who's getting the money now. Right. So don't celebrate too quickly. You've got a loan schedule to refinish or, or to, to, uh, to finish completely. And so that payment that we would have still been otherwise obligated to send to someone else's bank is now flowing back to our own system versus flowing away from us. Now, do you think that increases our margin of safety or decreases it? Um, I think it increases your All day long. And does it increase my peace of mind or add stress? Well, you're filling your your own aquarium. That's right. So the only, the only difference between whether or not you're stressed or relaxed financially is who controls the banking function in your life. So if you're listening to this or watching this, ask yourself this question, who is the banker in my life today? Yeah. It can and it should be you, but you need to understand the problem. Otherwise, the solution just won't matter to you. If I just started off in your program and said, Don, you got to buy a whole bunch of life insurance, you would have been like, uh, what? For what? Why? I'm going to live a long time. I don't want to be worth more dead than I am alive. The insurance policy or the system of policies is just the tool that enables you to implement the process. And if you put the best tool for the job in the hands of someone who's incompetent, not only are they not going to turn on any good work with the tool, they're likely going to break the damn tool. So that's why you need a good coach. All of my team members practice what we teach. You would not be interacting with a single person in my organization who doesn't do this in their own lives. Isn't that good? That's fantastic. I just keep thinking about how to, you know, my quick start says, how fast can I do this? Oh, yeah, that's (laughs) your... 
for all aspects of my life because this makes so much sense to me and you were able to articulate that in uh, in such a simple way and you're in strategic coach right I sure am Dan Sullivan's yeah. 10x ambition program you bet yeah so I'm in the same program I don't think we're in the same group but um in in that in that in that structure have you figured out if are you a simplifier or a multiplier I'm a multiplier you're a multiplier but you've got a team of simplifiers yep yeah. <laughs> I'm I'm a multiplier as well and and I I'm constantly looking for simplifiers you know in my life so that I can multiply my ideas because I've got you know lots of lots of different ideas of how I want to help my my target audience my my clients and you know who I want to be a hero to um, and simplifiers for multipliers are, are like, uh, fuel, right? They're like octane rocket uh, fuel. Yeah, exactly. Um, what's your Colby? I am an eight, four, five, three, but I do have high quick start tendencies. So yeah. it's quite interesting, you know, dependent upon, because my fact line can compete with my high quick start tendencies. If I'm in a really comfortable uh, setting, then my fact find is is diminished somewhat, and my quick start tendencies kick in, and poof, away yeah, I go. Well, you know, I'm a Colby consultant, right? Um, I, I I just kind of decided to dive in and really learn it, and then I figured out how I could help people with it. Um, and I'm also um, I've gone through all the workshops and the training with Dr. B.J. Fogg, and the interesting thing about Fogg's behavior design and Colby. If you kind of kind of at, at its highest level, the Colby creative process and how you leverage your instincts starts with motivation. Right. You, you need to be. So the reason that you can override your instinct for fact finder is if you're motivated, you know, you're only going to lean into your fact finder if you're motivated to look for more details. And, right. That's right. Right. And so that's why you can, you know, with your, you know, with your accommodating fact finder, uh, quick start that starts to you know be more predominant because if if you have no motivation to want to dive into all the details because you've got a strong team who are going to, you know are going to take care of that then you can actually not have the lean in with so much mental energy to dive into the details and that comes from having a great team it comes from having people that you trust yep. and surrounding yourself with that group of people who have stronger who who you know have the unique abilities so that you can lean into yours and so the, the more that you lean into unique ability teamwork, which we're familiar with, the more that you can only focus your fact finder where you're motivated to do so. Totally. And that's why, that's why your quick start can, can, uh, can take, take more front stage. Um, and I'm a 7473, so my fact finder and quick start are always competing with each other, except from a motivation standpoint. Mm. And so a, a great example, I'm a, I'm a front stage guy. I'm a front stage guy. I care about sales, marketing, operations, and taking care of customers and Me too. finding new customers that I can help. Yeah. I don't care about backstage. Sorry, wrong, wrong language. I want, I care about other people making sure that all the backstage activities is done. Yeah. I don't have a need to dive into the details. As a matter of fact, you know, when it comes to the backstage parts of my business and my team, even though I'm a seven fact finder, I simply want the bottom line. Give me your recommendation so I can say yes or no, and we can move on all day long. Um, right. I don't, I don't, you know, 
and I, I, you know, some of my team, particularly team members who join, who happen to be, you know, in the finance team or the IT team and some of those other backstage really important uh, functions, they tend to be high fact finders. They tend to need to share information and they get, they really don't know how to interact with me at first because I was like, if I can't read what you want me to answer you on this phone and, and I don't have to scroll, then don't send me the email because I'd rather just discuss it. And, and, I, and when we do discuss it, I'm probably just going to say, give me the bottom line. If I want more information, I expect you to have it, but I, I don't want it to be able to make a decision. Gosh, um, we can switch positions in our businesses and nobody would know the difference. <laughs> Well, you know, uh, you know, and and we both are so damn good looking, you know. And, uh, <laughs> hey, we, all right, there you go. Huh? Well, well, what was, I don't, I don't know who said it, but we were in one of Joe's groups in June or July, and we happened to be, I think, in the same breakout room, and people looked at us and said, "Are you guys brothers?" Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's exactly right. That's exactly what happened. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> And actually, I don't know if we're brothers, but we're both damn good looking. I mean, oh, hey, listeners, we're just we're just kidding. But, you know, it's just one of those personal connections that we I think that's how we made a connection. If people thought that we looked alike. Yeah, totally. But, you know, I, and people who are on my team who get that, who understand that on the backstage part of my business, my businesses, just take care of it. I want you to free me up so I can do what I do best. And you'll be really successful if I don't have to be involved and to the degree that you try to suck me in is to the degree of which we're going to be successful working together or not. When right. it comes to backstage functionality, front stage functionality, I love to get in there and figure out how are we going to help clients? How are we going to find clients? How are we going to talk to clients? How are we going to deliver great value for clients? I mean, that's all businesses are about clients, right? At the end of the day, right? I mean, customers have, you know, businesses exist because customers have problems and our business exists to solve certain problems. That's the, that's the whole only reason any, any enterprise exists uh, in, in my view. That absolutely. might, that might be different if you're in some sort of public corporate business that people think that they're, uh, they exist for, for stock price, but that, that's another, that's not an entrepreneurial enterprise. So totally. So, and I'll say different too, operating methodology, you know, um, one of my, um, I, I love, uh, hockey, you know, I've, I've loved hockey since I was a fetus and, um, the Edmonton Oilers should be no surprise is, uh, you know, my favorite, uh, NHL team and Mark Messier is my all time favorite, you know, Edmonton Oiler. And he just released, uh, his book, uh, recently yes. titled, no one wins alone. Yes. And teamwork, uh, firstly, having a great team of people is just so important. And I know that goes without saying, I mean, you could have a great team of people, but if you're not business effective or you're not a, a great leader, then you won't have a great team of people for very long. And right. if everyone can buy into the truth, the fundamental truth that nobody wins alone, you can really, really, truly go far together. And I just, I have um, an unshakable passion and caring and love for my teammates. And I'll never ask them to do anything that I haven't demonstrated can be done. And I'll tell you, um, your people can pick up on that in a real hurry. If, if that's coming from a place of integrity and authenticity and that you just don't allow any. I, I know you. I know. I, I I see you living it, right? I mean, uh, and I don't. I don't actually know exactly what this business is, but I know you've got an Amazon delivery based business. We do, uh, yeah. 
I don't know if you're selling your own stuff or what you're doing there, but what I did witness is there was a big push for deliveries and you, you were on the line helping your team package products. You bet. And, you know, and that speaks to the volume of your, uh, your commitment to leading by example and letting your team know that you'll be in the trenches with them, you know, when push comes to shove, that you're not. Whenever they need not sitting, you're not never, sitting back saying, hurry up and get that out the door. Not a chance. And, you know, it's, it's uh, mobilizing your team. You know, it really strengthens the entire team as a whole when they know that there's no job in the organization that's beneath you. Mm -hmm. That you'll pitch in, you'll jump in, you'll dive in. You know, that company, Canada Prep and Ship, which is entirely unrelated to Ascendant Financial, entirely unrelated to any of our other companies, that business was born out of solving a problem, which yeah. entrepreneurs get drawn like a magnet to. <laughs> hey, there's a problem here. Yeah. I think we can come up with a solution. And we took something from a really low level of productivity, increased it to a much higher level of productivity, built a great team, multiplied sales, multiplied profit, yeah. multiplied team satisfaction, and gave people an opportunity to grow and to learn. And that's what I'm fascinated by in business. It doesn't matter yeah. to me if it's packing and prepping and getting products shipped to Amazon for fulfillment, or if it's sitting down and having a conversation about becoming your own banker, the infinite banking concept, we're solving a problem. Solving a problem. You find the right who's, they bring the right hows. You got it. And you focus on solving the problem by increasing the value of however it was done before. You got right? it. Um, Do it faster, better, cheaper, deliver great fantastic. service every day in every way. I'm, uh, I am even more fascinated and intrigued, so much so that I'm going to go onto your website and get my own copy of this book as soon as oh, we finish recording. You. Because um, I can, you know, I, you know, depending on who you are, but everyone out there, you know, you, know, you may just borrow $500 um, for, you know, your first brick card or whatever the heck it is. Right. Um, you know, or you might be borrowing millions of dollars and have dozens of vehicles and buildings and, you know, credit cards and mortgages. And there's just an awful lot of cash moving in and out of your life. Um, and all of it, you know, the, the, um, the, the, you know, you gotta, you know, the, the whole, the whole concept is, um, from an entrepreneurial standpoint is you better have great relationships with your bankers if you want to be able to grow. And I'm like, I don't want to deal with bankers, but yeah. I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't mind dealing with myself. Yeah. Who do you, who do you more than yourself. Yeah. And you know, when you, when you think about this again, there are no exceptions. Someone must perform this function as it relates to your needs and it mm -hmm. should be you. But again, I'm assuming, knowing you know, that just, you're a super high quick start, yeah, it happens incrementally. It happens over a period. Sure. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, my brain goes to how do I create the, this aquarium to be $10 million so I can do a lot of stuff with it as fast as I can. No. And I'm assuming, you know, in, in real high level, real high level concept, the amount that you can use in the size of your bank is determined by how much you're putting in the aquarium and how big the values of the, of the insurance policies are that Don, you create got it. the balance over time, right? You got it. Cause when you go to the bank <laughs> and you say, Hey, listen, I got this account here. I need to, 
need to access, well, the teller is going to ask you, well, how much did you put in? The difference with the policy is the policy, the aquarium is going to accumulate far more than you put in. (laughs) Way more. (laughs) And so it's, you know, reading Nelson's book, um, making sure that you connect uh, with my team. I'll make sure that you're, uh, now Don, for yourself, and I, I wouldn't want to overextend myself to all of your listeners and viewers, but for you as a favorite, favorite to you, of course, I'm going to be meeting with you and I'll, I'll, fi- I'll find you. You'll, exactly. <laughs> I, I know where you hang out. You'll get connected, <laughs> uh, you know, with the right person on my team. Uh, there will be absolutely nothing other than making sure that you get to clarity that your questions are answered. And that's what we encourage people to do. And um, there, there won't be anybody backing you into a corner, twisting your arm or trying to reach into your pocket for money. That's not how we do business. Never has been, never will be. And if you check out any of the hundreds of five-star Google reviews on our organization, you'll hear from clients firsthand as to what their experience is like working with us. And that's right from the horse's mouth. And we also do a great client series on our Wealth Without Bay Street podcast, where we interview existing clients who share their journey with this process. What better you know, uh, source to hear it from than directly from people who are implementing it in their own lives? And uh, the Wealth Without Bay Street podcast is something that we would encourage your listeners and viewers to subscribe to and tune into because we pump out new content every single week, literally. Fantastic. Any final thoughts, Jason, on what anything you think the listeners should uh, think about? You know that you know that maybe they're maybe we've we've provided them with a lot of information. Is there a mindset shift or a particular piece of insight that you know will help them pivot? Because this is definitely a total paradigm shift in the way people think about money and banking. For sure. Uh, what I would say, Don, in response to that is that. The longer you wait, the, lo- the more you penalize yourself. And it's completely unnecessary. And, you know, when you go through life, you've, you've heard that, you know, hey, you don't want to live a life of regret. Well, well, don't regret at least not investigating this. Because that, now that you've heard what we, you and I have talked about in this episode, um, I, I think it would be are really awful if a person didn't say, hey, I'm at least going to investigate this. Because I promise you, once you catch this, and it's more caught than it is taught, once you catch this, you'll know exactly what to do. Yeah, and for, you know, everyone out there, and, and me included, you know, I remember reading a book a long time ago, uh, it was called Wealth Without Risk for Canadians by a guy by the name of Charles Givens, I think he wrote it. And in there, he wrote this, he wrote a chapter telling people never to buy whole life because it's too expensive just buy term life insurance. <laughs> just buy two, term life insurance because it's, it's the least expensive insurance for the, the death benefit. Right. But, and, you know, and that might be true, except... That whole life insurance in this concept is the tool, and it also has the death benefit. You got it. And think about this. If you if you can get a million dollars of death benefit for 25 bucks a month for a 10-year term, mm-hmm. do you think the insurance company believes you're going to die during that 10-year window? No, no, it's free money for them. Not a chance. 
Yeah. That would be terrible business for them to sell you so much of a promise to pay that much money. They have actuarial tables that look at their risk. Plus, depending on where you are, they test you. And I mean, I've gone through those tests, the physicals, the blood work and all that stuff for some yeah. of the policies that I have in my life. Um, and, uh, and you know, and when they give you the, your tables on how, when you're going to pay, when you hit my age compared to 10 years ago, and then 10 years from now, you can start to see their plan for getting more money out of you because they know that the, the, the risk profile based on age accelerates, right? You got it. So there is at no point in time where an insurance company is betting against themselves. That's the key right there. You said it, you hit the nail right, right on the head. Yeah. And you cannot solve a permanent problem with a temporary solution. That's right. Isn't that good? Yeah, no, that's great. Awesome. Yeah. Thanks for having me, Don. It was a pleasure. Listen, buddy, this was fantastic. I learned a lot. I'm I'm actually really intrigued. I love learning new things, but I really love learning new things that can really change my own paradigm on how I do a lot of things in my life. And this is definitely one of them. Awesome. Um, and I think and what I love about this, and I, I didn't know the answer. Because I like, I really, I wrote down a question: Who's this for? Is this for an entrepreneur who has a lot of moving parts, or is this for a twenty-one-year-old kid who can only afford a hundred bucks a month? And the answer to both questions is yes. Yeah, you right? got it. Fantastic, Jason. Thanks for coming on the show. It's a pleasure. Glad to be with you.